This one might suck really bad. <laughs> Peter Griffin, why must you fight giant chicken? Hard <laughs> on daughter Megan, it smells like pure shit. It may be funny. But now the room smells like dookie Not the Green Day album Pete, you shitted your pants Don't you try and play it off so neat It's seeping out onto the seat I love the smell of your farts Yes, sir -y. But it seems to me you could use a new amigo in the friend group And I'm the guy who wants it bad, so let me in Peter Griffin Oh, you ain't getting no younger Bird is the word brother but the new word is friend And Stewie, oh Stewie Just let me hang with the baby Your prison is not letting me hang with your kids <laughs> Stupid as fuck Don't your feet get cold during off season your cutaways are empty for no reason It's hard to tell the Clevelands from the Quags You're mixing up Herbert and Chris Ain't so funny when you take the piss yourself Why must you fight giant chicken? Fart on daughter Megan It smells like pure shit I can fix you If you gon' give me a chance now You better let me hang with you let me hang with you Better let me hang with you Before I switch to American Dad Oh no There's trouble in River wow. City There is trouble in River City That sounds, knowing you Switching to um, American Dad is like an actionable threat. You know, the Secret Service is going to have to investigate that um, that claim there because, uh, well, no, I would I'm just say for keep, Peter Griffin. No, keep going. What what's going on here? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just. It's I, I, um, it's curious because. <laughs> Desperado has shown up as a parody song, quote unquote, in the past. That's fine. It's the only, 
Yeah, it's fine because it wasn't like a parody song. You just well listen to the Jack Kemp, the last Jack Kempsey episode to hear how you played around with that one. Uh, that was some of your finest work. Um, the one that I did with I Jack. would say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was not. I think. Are you kidding me? That was like <laughs> it's like this wasn't even doesn't even like make the list. I don't think. Uh, well, you're, you, you, you pulled a fun little trick on that one, which is why I have a fondness for, for oh, that okay. one. You all know, right. that's, that's all I'll say. Um, but I would just say that, you know, um, putting on American Dad, if Peter Griffin doesn't hang out with you, I just say that for Peter's sake, he better start making some plans, you know, cause God forbid you put on American Dad. <laughs> he better, he better start fucking packing heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he better got, he better keep that fucking Glock strapped. Bro, if I'm coming around Quahog like that, so absolutely, absolutely. Well, welcome to it's on the list. This is the podcast about underrated albums, movies, and Mason. A whole lot more. We're sort of like the a Bed Bath and more. Beyond of podcasting in a way. Yeah, Christopher Walken is the the unofficial third chair here. The silent, the silent co-host. The silent co-host. Yeah, the Billy Preston of it's on the list. Have you watched any of the the Get Back of the Beatles uh, documentary that's on Disney Plus now? No, that's on my list for this coming week. It's actually that actually is it's on my list for this coming week. Yeah, oh, well, he said it. He fucking said, he said it. it. He, he said, said the it. name of the show. He said the name of the fucking show on accident. Hey, that's the name of the show. <laughs> Jesus, no, I, I haven't. Yeah, I've seen the first first part and then about an hour of the second part and it, it's pretty it's pretty riveting it's it's very 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 good um so i would i'm looking forward to you um watching that i've heard this could be in this could be this could be fucking you know fake news whatever <laughs> i've heard that it's really mm. only rewarding a rewarding watch if you're like a super beatles fan is that true um I'm not a super Beatles fan. I definitely have like grown out of my oh the Beatles suck and are overrated phase, and now I wow. like can acknowledge that you know they were some lovable lads from Liverpool that wrote some really really good songs, and I just kind of like hanging out with like the Beatles in this particular part of their career. You know it's what I mean? So like crazy. right when things it's, were kind of falling apart. It's so crazy. That you just said that you had an era where you like, whoa, the Beatles fucking suck. It's crazy that there's an era that isn't now that's the worst era I could have met you in. <laughs> it's crazy that there's a worse era out there that I could have met you in and you would have been like, actually, the Beatles are trash. And I would have been like, come on now. Come on now. There was honestly some, there was probably some overlap there. I've softened. I've softened my edges with, with age. time, with time and energy. Time. And yeah, you know, those yeah. edges just get. Ooh, it's kind of like the way I'm keeping my bread <laughs> these days. Just take the bread out. Of, I take the bread out of the fucking bag. Those edges are so soft. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what to do anymore about it, bro. I feel fucked up off this shit. <laughs> my life is in complete fucking disarray, my man. I'm just imagining you like opening up a pack of like honey, like honey wheat wheat bread or something, and just looking at those edges and being like, "Yep, soft today." And putting Did them in the purpose- toaster. Did like, you purposefully pick one of the most disgusting breads that I could yes, have owned? Yes, I did. God yeah. damn it. God the cheapest bread. <laughs> no, dude, I got some, uh, I think just Ralph's brand <laughs> bread sitting up on my, fuck, I keep it on top of the fridge. Maybe that's what my problem right. is. That's kind of probably the best place to put your bread because, like, 
I'm just thinking, like, if you go to your fridge and you're like, okay, I want a little snack, you see that bread up there, and you're like, okay, now I'm in sandwich mode. What can I find in this right. fridge that I can put between two slices of bread right. to make a little sandwich here? Usually it's, I know exactly what's going in between those two slices of bread, so. What is it? Well, it's ham and cheese or peanut butter, and those are the two things. Okay. Is is that what about is, ham and that, cheese and was, peanut butter? No, 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 no. I'm doing something fucked up with my hand right now as I tell Mason no. It's like I'm casting a spell on him. It's like I'm saying, fuck off with my little hand. Um, but Mason, quickly, briefly. Yes. yes. How was your week? Uh, I had a very nice time being back home in the suburbs with my parents. I went back. Wednesday afternoon, uh, and then we had, uh, I you know what I did on Thanksgiving, which is the best thing that could, my favorite thing, it was my favorite Thanksgiving, one of them, was just because okay. I got so much napping time in. Uh, we went to my godparents' house in the south suburbs and had a little breakfast there with my mom's side of the family, and then I napped in the car, which is about a half hour drive, and napped until we had Thanksgiving feast at, from two until, well, I woke up at two, had lunch with my some of my dad's family that came over, and when that was done, I took a nap, and then I uh, and then I uh, slept in on Friday, and we had some folks over for a bonfire in our front yard, and then I came back yesterday. I watched Tick Tick Boom on Netflix. All right, and now I'm podcasting with Damn. my friend Noe. Noe, how was your Thanksgiving? Week? Oh, it was great. What'd you do? I stayed in L.A. Went to go see Come On, Come On, maybe my favorite movie of the year. We'll see. We got some time left. Uh, and then I went to go see King Richard, not my favorite movie of the year. Kind of actually left a bad taste in my mouth. Don't really want to get into it. We had to go to City Walk. City Walk fucking blows. Mason, fuck it. I, I said, I've said it many times, including in group chats that you and I are both in, but City's, uh, City Walk is like a PVP zone. Like I kind of feel like I'm about to get into some kind of interaction or a fight with somebody whenever I get there. I'm not going to cause a fight, but I'm going to like accidentally bump into the wrong person and a, a duel's going to have to start. Three different I don't like people City Walk that much. Three different people came up to me and said, "What movie is this?" That <laughs> I'm sitting I'm sitting in the theater. And we're all sitting in the theater for King Richard. Three different people came up to me and was like, "What movie is this that we're in right now?" And I was like, "King Richard." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> I'm just like, fuck off. Just, fu- just they, fuck off. Was this like before the movie started or like in the middle of the movie or when was this happening? Twice before the movie started and once during previews. Insane. Interesting. Here's my, here's what, there's literally no excuse for that behavior. Like I can understand if they were <laughs> I know, like, I know. If they were, ho- if they were like theater hopping, you know, and yeah. they're just like kind of going into random theater. That even that still doesn't even make sense because at the AMC, like at many multiplexes, they put the title of the movie on like an LCD screen yep. in front of the auditorium. So they they didn't just look up. Bizarre. The stupidest PVP people zone. in the world live in Los Angeles. Sorry. I yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's and just the, you actually. That's just you in the Zoom <laughs> chat right now. <laughs> the second stupidest people in the world live in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So we got the first stupidest people in the world and the second stupidest people in the world. Put them together. You get it's on the list with Noah and Mason, a podcast about underrated albums, movies, and a whole lot more. But it is enough of that, Mason. It is time to introduce the guest. 
May I do the honors? You may do the honors. Uh, I'm so excited. Do the honors. Our guest today, writer for Merry Go Round Magazine, inventor of Cute Boy Summer, and the vibes-based baseball gambling system. Say that five times fast. Just kidding. You won't. You won't. Please welcome to the show, Ryan Maloney. Ryan! Uh, So, for everyone keeping score at home, that was 13 minutes I've been recording without saying a word. Uh, We appreciate your restraint. Congratulations to me. (laughs) Yeah, congrats to you. And to everyone who bet the over on uh, the 11 and a half minute line. Yeah, you just... When will Ryan speak first? Yeah, you just want some fucking cheddar. Cha-ching. Let's go. Um, Ryan, thanks for joining us on this Sunday. What's on your mind? I'm just I'm just hanging out. Okay. I ju- I literally just watched the movie. <laughs> that's, that's called a Mason. That's why that's why I was 30 minutes late. <laughs> oh, that's why that's why you said we're going to need to push back cuz you were finishing yeah, watching the movie. Damn. I've only seen this movie like I would guess 13 times now, so I had to obviously I yeah. had to watch it again. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Well, before we dive in right, we like you said we are going to talk about the movie here first. Ryan, I contacted you, uh, unbeknownst to Mason, to uh, set something up, and I actually want to go ahead and do that before we talk about the movie. Mason, earlier, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be two weeks ago, but as we're recording Mm -hmm. this, last week, you did a little experimenting on Twitter.com, which I was very happy to see. One of those things that you were experimenting with was Mace Donalds. True? Yeah. That's true, yes. Well, yes, um, Mace Donalds did buy BuzzFeed. So now it's Maze Feed. Uh, and there's a little... Yes, but that is true. That The storyline is true so far. Well, we didn't... Ma- wait, so... Wait. So Mace Donalds bought BuzzFeed and then they we changed did. the name to Maze Feed? Yeah. That's interesting. But is That's it still a nice restaurant or is it now BuzzFeed, just Maze Feed? Like, what's what's the merger there or is it both? Well, Mace Donald still exists. We opened the very first fast food restaurant on the planet, Arrakis. So I kind of have to focus a lot of time on that. But just to, you know, you know, new media is a great income stream. Got to get the brand out there. So I bought um, BuzzFeed with the money that I made from harvesting that harvesting that spice. And now we just are, you know, churning out that content. Well, we don't actually give a fuck about Mace Feed. We only give a fuck about Mace Donald's because... Ryan and I <laughs> Ryan and I actually have some products we want to pitch you for Mace Donald. Yo, let's go. Okay. Let's get Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Is that can do we have your permission to pitch you some ideas, good sir? Yes, absolutely. You have my permission. I give Ryan, you, you you have my permission to pitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody cares who I was until I bought the first Mace Donald on Arrakis. Nobody cared about me until, <laughs> until then. Uh, Ryan, you want to take the first stab at this? Yeah, sure. So i i thought of I thought of two, and then I just thought of a third one right now. Nice. So I'll okay. start with the the second two are going to be way more annoying than the first one. So I'll start with the the chill one. <laughs> Let's go. Mm-hmm. So everyone loves the McRib. I've never eaten it because it looks really scary to me. Right. I don't. I yeah. Refuse right. to trust it. And a one way to make it grosser would be to call it the McPib, and you just soak that sucker in Mister Pib. Mm. And that's that's it. That's the tweet. That's the okay. McDonald's meal number one. Okay, sure, sure. Is that is is that making it onto the menu? Um, that is get making it on the menu. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Ryan, you want to go? You want to just run down yours, and then I'll run down mine. 
Yeah, sure. Okay, so the second one that the one I just thought of right now, uh, it's the mm-hmm. Travis Scott meal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could really use some good PR right now. Yeah. So maybe you yeah. could call it like the Astro World Burger or uh, like the the Caesar Caesar shake shake or something. I don't know. Could be fun. Uh, sure. A little edgy, so you get like you get like the crazy guys in the door. They're like, <laughs> whoa. And you could do like a huge merch thing where like it's a five hundred dollar towel or like, you know, just yeah, sure, nice, just nice things. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the ideal the idea of the five hundred dollar um towel. Um, I'm a little tricky, little tricky with the branding right now with the whole Travis Scott Astro World thing. It's I, I will let's put a pin in that and come back to it when this whole situation has settled down you know what i'm saying because i like the general area it's moving in but it's not something that i want to get um uh, associated with the brand at this particular stage you know we're trying to uh we're trying to uh open the first mace donald's franchise actually on a dune worm um so i got to be careful about that okay i understand so you're probably not gonna like this third idea then but (laughs) i'm gonna say it anyway okay okay um so you know, we're trying to be done with COVID, you know, we're trying to convince people it's safe to eat inside. Mm-hmm. And one way to get people in the door. So kids have the play place, right? It rocks. Yeah, it's very, sure. it's nice in there for children. But adults don't really have an equivalent, right? Because if you mm-hmm. if you are a grown ass man playing in the ball pit, like you're going to get some looks. Yeah, So I'm proposing a <laughs> 21 plus area. Mm-hmm. Oh and it's God. based off a new menu item. And uh, so the celebrity tie-in is the Sham Wow guy. Let's go, baby! And uh, let's go. The the, <laughs> the menu item is the Shamcock shake, and it's, <laughs> the main ingredient is his cum. And then the twenty-one plus area is sort of like a Westworld experience where you get to hang out with the Sham Wow guy, and. <laughs> You either get to jack him off, or he can jack you off, or you could go halvesies. It's whatever you want to be. Um, but I think I think this would get a lot of people in the door. You know, like Arrakis is trying to like boost their tourism. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I would go just to see. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, you get to do a Westworld thing with the Sham Wow guy. Like, that's gonna turn some heads. I'm going to stop you right there, Ryan. Um, that idea is so good that I am promoting you to vice president. Of oh, um, yeah. Arrakis operations, so I want you okay. to oversee this, implement it in all of our restaurants, pa- um, current and forthcoming. Um, that is that is a million, billion, trillion dollar idea you got there, bud. So let's let's go full steam ahead on that one. Let's that, go. That's that's a real thrill for me because I've always seen myself as the pens to your Trump. Yes. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna go ahead and pitch some ideas now if that's if that's okay. If I can, if I may have Absolutely. the floor. Mm-hmm. Right. I was kind of coming at this from a little bit of a different angle. Um, I was really, I was really sort of looking at the mace aspect of Mace Donalds. I really yes. wanted to sort of hone in and sort of tighten the brand so people know this is what a Mace Donalds is. This is what it might smell like. This is what it might be like to podcast with someone. Uh, who smells like mm-hmm. this? This might be what it'd be like <laughs> to just interact with the mace element of the Mace Donalds. Is mm-hmm. it, and yeah. I may may I present the first idea, please. So this is called the "It's on the List" meal. Um, two of everything. Obviously, you get two hot dogs, two donuts, two cheeseburgers with bacon, lettuce, pickles, onion, Thousand Island dressing, and then you're gonna go ahead and throw that shit all the way in the trash and go to Red Robin instead. 
So that is the first item. The it's on so the list it's, meal. So you order that, they make it, they throw it in the trash in front of you, and you go to Red Robin instead? Well, it's that's kind of the fun thing. If you can throw it in the trash if you want, or they can throw it in the trash for you, but either way, you're going to Red Robin instead. Uh okay I I I like that Guess we how have much been that looking costs. for how much how much does that cost eleven billion dollars one hundred and fifty dollars one hundred and fifty dollars is what that costs okay okay what do we think mm, is it a coupon to Red Robin like yes. if you buy this yeah, it is okay I like coupons I like this brand synergy that's happening we have actually been looking for some partnership opportunities with Red Robin that's what I'm saying so I like where your head's at I like where your head's at I like the direction this is going uh, I'm gonna also just rubber stamp yes on this one let's let's hear the next idea let's hear All the right. next idea I'm as vice president I'm on the fence. Great. It actually Okay, well no one Mesa. fucking asked you. Yeah, yeah no one asked you. Okay. I have a feeling by the end of this I'm going to be added and we'll, this duo be will become a trio, but I got some got some more ideas at play. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On it's on the list, we have something called the Mercedes Valuable Player. Now mm-hmm. you probably weren't expecting this. The Munchies Valuable Player. Mmm. The, okay. <laughs> the Munchies. The Munchies. <laughs> okay. Everyone gets the Munchies okay. when they smoke a little too much pot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and hey, hey. every or, every qualifying, or spice. You, uh, yeah, or or the spice. <laughs> well, you're gonna like if you Everyone. like spice, you're gonna love you're gonna love this meal. It's a bag of flaming hot Cheetos, crunched up macaroni and cheese. The hot dogs that you could have been eating in the it's on the list meal, cut that shit up, throw them in the bag. Ritz crackers are in there too for some reason. A little this bit is like of a walking taco situation. It's similar to that, yes, but it's called the Munchies Valuable Player. And there's a little <laughs> bit of spread from In and Out, a little bit of Cheese Whiz, and also some Takis. Mason, how much do you think this item costs? Uh, again, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm money minded. I'm just trying to maximize profit here. Eleven billion dollars. Close. It costs one American dollar. One American dollar. Yeah. You fucking madman. Okay. Ooh, you, this is... Mm, you're a maverick. You're a maverick in this field, Noah, Noah Marger. You're a maverick in the... F- Great. I got two more ideas. Great. We got to move on. I got two more ideas. Great. Okay, the next idea. This one's called the Blue Line Delay at LaSalle. No, you're sort of oh, a big... Oh, fuck! Sort of a big big Blue Line guy, right? You know, in these days in Chicago. So <gasps> I think you might be able to relate to this one personally. Mm, okay. All right. I don't mean to trigger any set of pissed off feelings by bringing up you know, there's a blue line delay at LaSalle, but I think you're going to like this one. Um, mm. We throw rocks onto the track at LaSalle, and they actually do cause blue line delays in the city of Chicago because they can't ride over the rocks. And then we pick those rocks back up after like, 30 hours of negotiating with the CTA about <laughs> whether those rocks are going to come off the tracks or not. <clears throat> and then we just pour fucking ketchup and mustard and hot sauce on that shit and sell it. Mason? Sure. So I s- how- yeah. yeah. You're a uh, a concept guy. You're a concept guy, I'm feeling. Like this is you're you're trying to turn the the act of going to a fast food restaurant into an ex- experience into a work of art here. In a way. In a way, in a way. And I, I can I can fuck with that energy, but man, I would hate I would hate it 
I just got delayed on the train last night, actually. I was trying to go to see E.T. at the Logan Theater, but there was a delay on the blue line, and I missed it, which is that why sucks. I watched Tick, Tick, Boom at home, and home instead. So this is a fresh wound for me. Yeah. I don't know if I have the the presence of mind to to rubber stamp this. So like the Travis Scott Astroworld um, tie-in that we are considering, let's just put a pin in this one. I'm not saying no yet. I'm saying we should come back to this when when emotions aren't quite so high. Great. I'm I'm surprised Mason isn't down for this because people can't see this on the because it's a podcast and not a video. But Mason behind him has a massive American flag with a big blue line through it and a Punisher skull where the stars should go. And it says I can't tell because it's a little far away, but it looks like it says blue lines matter. So I don't really know why he's like so against this. I was thinking right up your alley, Mason. I know. He's a man. I'm, I'm shocked. He's he has multitudes. He contains multitudes. This man does, and I appreciate that. Yeah. That's one of the thing, That's one of the reasons I wanted to podcast with him for almost two and a half years in the first place. So, you know. But Mason, I got one more idea for you if you're willing to hear it out. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's hear it. Real true fans, if it's on the list, know about this, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. time we finally give back to the fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At Mace Donalds. You can purchase Mason's Snack, which is a single flour tortilla that you mm-hmm. just eat plain. <laughs> that, is, yes. that, is the whole, that is the whole thing. It's been like fucking crunched in the back. It's got some weird indent on it. It's like been like you can yeah. tell they may have like fucked up with like it on like a certain item it's and they been, like scrape yeah, all the ingredients out. It's been lo- it's been like stuck underneath uh, like a couple cereal boxes for you don't know how long, but the package has the expiration like it has not yet passed the expiration date on the package. So you're like, this is good. Let's just go with this. Get and and it's tummy. the shitty. It's like the shitty mission tortilla that you can just find. Yeah, wherever. exactly. Yeah, it's everyone's got one in their house. But if you're Mason and you're thinking you have that beautiful tortilla mind that Mason does, you're like, I don't need the ground beef. I don't need the chicken. I don't need lettuce, tomato, sour cream, pico de gallo. Give me that shit plain. Give me that shit with nothing on it. And Mason, how much do you mm-hmm. think this costs? $11 billion. $11 billion is correct. $11 yeah! billion dollars is correct. Yeah! Hell yeah. If you want... Yeah. If you want true experience of what it feels like to do what's on the list. It's going to cost you $11 billion. So Bezos, Elon, Zuckerberg, all you fucks yeah. out there. Yeah. Show us some love. Show us some love. Yeah. Just, Jeff, get in your blue rocket uh, up to Arrakis. We will have a seat waiting for you on on the dune worm, Mace Donald's. Uh, and spend your hard-earned money on some on some tortillas, on a on a on a uh, sham cock shake, on uh, anything that was pitched here today. Noah, I am also going to um, I'm going to promote you actually to chairman in charge of bathroom operations. <laughs> that actually. is awesome for me. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That really makes my fucking day. I'm well, glad. Mason, I appreciate you hearing us out. I appreciate, Ryan, you getting in on the fun with us on that one. And this has been... <laughs> Pitching Mason. My new favorite segment. <laughs> in the history of the show. Yep. Um, should we talk about the movie? <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Ryan, what are we talking about today? What would you bring us? 
We are talking about the 2004 movie National Treasure, starring Nicolas Cage, directed by someone I don't I don't know John John Turtle Tow. Oh yeah, he did. Okay, I thought he was just the producer. This is actually the second Turtle Tow joint that we've covered on this here podcast. If you could believe the it, the only Turtle Tow films I've seen are National Treasure One and National Treasure Two. Oh, you haven't even seen the Meg. No, is that the one like with the shark? Yes, it's a big shark. Haven't, yeah, haven't seen it. Megalodon, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's also the uh, the the auteur behind uh, Three Ninjas, which we covered many moons ago in August of 2020 with uh, the Everything Now fellas. Um, so this is quite a treat here. Um, it's always nice to return Noah, to Turtle Tab. It always <laughs> nice to return to, to- Turtle Tab. Uh, Ryan, since you are the guest, <laughs> to Noah for me to say that. <laughs> That's what you were throwing it to, yep. right? For me to say that. Yep. It's always nice to return yep. to Turtle Tom. And now you're going to throw it to Ryan. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Go for it. Throw it to that Ryan. Yep. Ryan, what is your history with this year motion picture? Um, this I've seen this movie probably more than any other movie. Uh, I was, like, obsessed with it when I was a kid. And my whole family likes it. So now we usually watch it, like, an, at Christmas when we're all together or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Every time I rewatch it, it becomes way stupider, which rocks. Yep. Um, and I just think it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it it's so it came out in two thousand four. So it predicted Reddit, and then it also predicted QAnon, which I think is really beautiful. That's true. Mm-hmm. There's like yeah, you joke about that, but that's no, not for real. that's it, for it real. actually is. All of- <laughs> All of the dialogue in this is just they end up being Reddit comments like five years later. Not to not to jump the gun on what I on sort of my view of this, but every time Nicolas Cage opened his mouth, I'm like, what a humorless, sexless man just navigating oh, yeah. the universe. <laughs> just a man who's never ever sniffed any motion of gay you know in his entire life. You know how many times I just wrote in my notes, Nick Cage is such a cuck for America, or Ben Gates is such a cuck for America? I love every time he goes off on, like, one of those monologues where he's like, a declaration that 55 men sign. (laughs) And, like, the same music cue happens every time, and you're just like, this is so fucking stupid, it rocks. My favorite thing... So I was just, no, I was, ahead. I actually, I legitimately meant to say Mason on that one. I'm not even fucking with you. I meant to say Mason on that one. And I wanted to ask you what your history with this movie is. Kind of like, right, like, I can't remember if I saw this movie in theaters at the time or if I saw it, like, on DVD or VHS at, like, a neighbor's house or something. But kind of like Ryan, this was just like a stand, like a pretty easy, like, put it on with your parents or your friends in the van or something or just like put it on it's like a it was because it was like a good enough like action adventure movie when you were a kid this came out when i was 11 i think and like ryan um it is funny to watch this and just think about like how crazy QAnon this movie reads now and i was just thinking about like this is like big and like kind of Dan Brown fever time like people Absolutely. were getting like da vinci pilled did you guys see the da vinci code movie I've never seen it. With uh, Tom Hanks. I, I saw, I think I've only seen the sequel. Angels and Demons. Angels and Demons. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw that in theaters and then I saw it at my friend's house as well. And I'm, I, I don't think I've seen the first one. 
Angels and Demons I saw in theaters, and I had, like, read the book Angels and Demons, and I was really <laughs> mad at the changes they made to that movie. <laughs> That's amazing. That is awesome. You know, like, I was just so sitting at the AMC uh, Woodridge 18, which doesn't exist anymore, um, unfortunately. R.I.P. Wood- AMC Woodridge 18, and just sitting and, like, steaming at the creative changes Ron Howard made <laughs> to Angels Walking. and Demons. <laughs> Walking into the opening day screening of Angels and Demons, being like, I swear to God, if they fuck my boy Dan Brown, I'm going to light this place up. Jesus Christ. You must have been, what, like 16 when that came out, Mason, to Angels and Demons? So you were like in high school? Uh, yeah, I was in high school. I, again, I was getting, I was unreasonably upset at how they fucked that book up. Like, because it was just, it's just a shitty movie, like, as it is, you know? And it's also just not a really good, it's a, it's a, it's it's a book you can just breeze through, like it's a very readable book, like the Da Vinci Code is, because the chapters are like two pages long, and just something's always kind of happening. Uh, but they're not like good books, you know what I mean? Like they're they're good to pa- kind of pass. The it's time, like an airport book, absolutely, exactly, absolutely. Um, Which and I are think Mason's <laughs> favorite kind of books? Are airport? I love novels. airport books, dude. I love airport novels, dude. I love them so so much. Noe. Uh, but that's my history with uh, National Treasure. I did see the sequel in theaters. That one I can verify. And actually, it's funny. Noah, you meant your your King Richard experience reminded me of me in the dumbass seat on that one. Because I saw <laughs> Book of Secrets. I went to see National Treasure Book of Secrets with my godparents. And we went to a multiplex that I had never been to and had little familiarity with. And we bought tickets, and I, like, went to the bathroom, and I forgot what theater we were in. So I went into the first one that said National Treasure Book of Secrets, and it was, nice. like, in the middle of the movie. And I tapped, like, some guy on the shoulder and was like, hey, did this just start? <laughs> He's like, no, it's been going on for a little bit. <laughs> and so I Jesus. ran out and found the other theater it was playing in. But, um, Noah, awesome. what's your history with this year, with this year motion picture? Well, fellas, this is, and this is something not everyone can say. Are you ready for this? Ooh. This is my first time seeing National Treasure. <laughs> Holy <Damn>. shit, dude. <laughs> wow. I remember. Exciting for you. In a way, yes. Because I remember. In a way, yes. And in a way, absolutely fucking not exciting for me at all. Um, because I remember when this movie came out. This movie came out in 2004. I was mm-hmm. seven, I think. I was seven when this movie came out. Huge hit with my friends. You know, and just people in my general age range. It was like, National Treasure, yes, that movie's awesome. That movie, This movie fucking rocks. And they were saying that out loud during class. Yes, go ahead. Raise your hand. Yeah, National Treasure fucking rocks. <laughs> it's just saying it during class. Full, full effort and everything. And the teacher smiling going, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. The teacher is going like, I'm such a Riley. <laughs> The teacher being actually, in reality, 24 years old and us being like seven years old and her going like, mm-hmm, yep, so we're going to hang out after school, actually, because you get it. You fucking, you fucking get it. Uh, so this is my first time ever seeing the movie. I feel like I've seen sections of this movie, maybe at like sleepovers mm-hmm. or birthday parties or whatever, but like never the full thing, ever. Like, didn't even, truly didn't even really know what it was about outside of the Declaration of Independence, like meme of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So this is my first time ever watching the movie, definitely all the way through, maybe just ever. Uh, and and I'll just say, I'll just say this. At 24 years old, soon to be 25 years old, throwing, <laughs> throwing on National Treasure in the <laughs> middle of my Saturday afternoon 
really was a bummer at the start. <laughs> just, just to sort of start, I was just like, all right, here, I guess, you know, I guess this is for the show. I got to do this, but, you know, whatever. But as it went on, it like I'm like, okay, I get what this is like, what this is. This is great if you're, like you said, Ryan, back home with the fam and you're all trying to agree on something. I literally thought about like growing up and like us having such a hard time figuring out what movie we were going to watch as a family and it always ever, always came back to either like School of Rock, Mrs. Doubtfire, or, like Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. And I'm just like, this probably would have been like a good one to throw in the mix because my sister probably doesn't give a shit enough about it to be like, no. (laughs) And my dad's probably like, okay, there's some action in it, you know, like whatever. It's not like the worst like kids family movie of all time to throw on. And me probably being the most interested in it of the group, you know, just being like, yeah, this is fine. This is fine. You know, whatever. And maybe I don't know how I would have reacted to it as a kid. I probably would have liked it, you know, as a kid because it like is exciting. But at 24 years old, throwing this on on my Saturday afternoon, it's not hitting, not really hitting in the way, not really hitting in the way, you know, that maybe I would have expected or maybe like, oh, maybe this is like going to like fucking blow my hair back or, you know, maybe this is going to like really show me something I didn't expect. But for what it is, it's fine. It's good. It's, it's pretty good. It's fine, you know, but it's weird seeing it for the first time. You know, I don't know. There's yeah. something weird and about it's, it. And it's, like, not a movie that you can, like, have, like, a really bad time watching. Because no. even if you don't like it, it's it's funny. Like, <laughs> yes. In the ways it's not trying to be. Like, yeah. I, I laugh out loud every time I watch this. And not at, like, the point, not the way it's trying to make me laugh. Right. And that I, that's just fun. There's so many you know good, like... Funniest... Sorry, Mason, go for it. I said, you know what some of the funniest things in this movie are to me? Like, just that made me laugh. Um kind of in the unintentional way that that Ryan was saying there it's um Nicolas Cage's drip and <laughs> Nicolas Cage's fucking like wig that he's got on that's just Is not doing wig? him any I, I think, think so. it's a wig I think it's a wig. I, it, it, whatever it is, his hair in this is looking pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but it's so funny that he's like, there's like a shot of them leaving, him and Riley leaving the FBI building. And Riley's in like a full gray like corduroy suit or something. And like Chuck Taylor's and Nick Cage is just wearing like the worst fitting like blue jeans. <laughs> and like your dad's hush puppies <laughs> and like a shitty white uh, button up and like... <laughs> And his hair is just completely <laughs> slicked the fuck They did back. not, yeah, they did not give any, like, attention to how this guy, maybe they just played better in 2004 or whatever. Ben but I Gates just remember, on my like, fucking Fitz Fitzbo board or whatever it is in 2021, <laughs> just being like, just going into fucking Barney's and being like, can you make me look like Ben Gates from National <laughs> Benjamin Franklin Gates. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that is like, when they say his full name is Benjamin Franklin Gates, I had I forget about that like every time. Like when I just watched it, that made me laugh so much. It's amazing. I think that's your brain. That's your brain do, like trying to preserve the the joy of that for you. You <laughs> yeah. know, your brain is just like we have to recycle this so it it hits uh, every single fucking time like a drug. <laughs> there, I will say though, legitimately, like outside of maybe the ironic factor of watching this as you know in our 20s now this movie has great action sequences in it like legitimately great action sequences like watching nick cage dave benjamin franklin gates jump from whatever the top of that thing is 
and then like fall, I was like, oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. That's so nuts. That's awesome. And the car, ch- yeah. yeah, the car the, chase also, through like, the, uh, just DC. when they're they're running on foot, like they do a good job with that. Like, yeah, it, like it's just it's well shot. It's it's a it's it's an it's like kind of two movies in a row where I'm just like God, like just practical effects and just like people and actors interacting with like th- props and things that are actually there just hit so much different, you know. Um, I it's it's uh, you mentioned this is like a sleepover kind of movie, Noah, yeah. and I think that's like kind of the ideal situation for watching this. Like you just the action is really good in this, and the set pieces are really. Um, pretty like spectacular and it's just like told in a way that like you can either like have it on mute and follow what's going on um and there's nothing wrong with that you know like there's nothing wrong with a movie that you just kind of have to that if even if you like half pay attention to you're having a good time with um at least in my opinion i agree 100 percent. i think that like you know you just throw something on because it's comfortable you know it's like oh i've seen this a million and a half times or whatever i'll <laughs> really perk up when they get to the heist sequence, or I'll really perk up when they get to the, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I think what I think maybe the most thrilling sequence in the movie for me is when they're actually stealing the Declaration of Independence. It is like yeah. straight out of the first Mission Impossible. Like it is straight up yeah. like yeah. the Disney-fied version of that. It's like we're real, or like the fucking you know heist from Ocean's Eleven at, at the casino or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it's a like. Disney-fied version of that, and it's really well done. And you pick yeah. up, you know, you perk up when, what is is it Diane Kruger, who's the female mm. love interest yeah. in this? Maybe they got like mm. a little something, something. I still, I it's very hard to believe that she is interested <laughs> yeah. in him, but it's something, you know. They got a little something going on. It's kind of nice. It is. Um, I think my favorite action. I I agree with you that the the um the like kind of heist the. Declaration of Independence heist is like a high point of the movie, and it comes pretty. It comes earlier in the movie than I remembered. Absolutely, um, I was surprised because I mm-hmm. thought that was the crux of the film going into it. Is like, yeah. we're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. It's the end of Act One. There's still so much more movie left. Yeah, but I just love that when he's when uh, Benjamin Franklin Gates is walking out and Sean Bean. We haven't mentioned that Sean Bean plays the bad guy in this movie. Uh, e, the bad guy Ian. <laughs> <laughs> um, i love that that's really that good him point. and his like goons yeah him and his goons show up in the basement and they just like start shooting at benjamin franklin gates and he just holds up the declaration of independence in front of him like a fucking shield uh i thought that was a really baller move just to like use the declaration of independence as a as a shield while some guys are shooting at you with a um with a silenced pistol there. Ryan, what are some of your, as the foremost national treasure expert in this chat right now, yes. what are some of your favorite scenes and sequences? I I really love the sequence where <laughs> Benjamin Franklin Gates, they're in the Library of Congress, like looking through all the all of the schematics for the which like why why is that public knowledge that you they just have I like don't literally <laughs> all the schematics for like the declaration, how it's like stored and protected. And then Riley is like it's impossible. Like, look at all. It's like down forty feet in like a steel vault. It's like <laughs> in unimpenetrable. They have like all the craziest technology. And then Benjamin Franklin Gates is like, "Well, have you seen the preservation room?" And then Riley just goes, "Oh fuck, we could do this." And then they, <laughs> and then Riley like goes into like a subway like station and like 
goes into some closet and just drills a hole in a pipe and clips like two cords on and he just has full access to like all of the security yeah. footage he's like okay i'm in like that shit is so funny <laughs> and like the 2004 technology where yes. he's got on that like weird little laptop i love yeah i love the 2004 like era computer ui that just is not recognizable <laughs> as any kind of like user interface for a laptop um i have ex- like they should be running that thing on like windows xp like there should be the little green start <laughs> key down there uh but i agree with you that was one thing i put in my notes too is it's just like this is one of those and it's because it's a disney movie you know and things have to like move along but it is it's awesome that they're like they can go to the library of congress find everything except for what like the original blueprints there's like one thing that they can't get but it doesn't matter (laughs) to like show them like how to do this i love a movie where like the heist is just waiting for any old asshole to come and pull it off like they do it (laughs) so easily (laughs) it's also like the the sean bean squad is actually doing it way easier too because like in the start of the movie like they're all working together and then Sean Bean, like, breaks bad. He, like, tries to kill Benjamin Franklin Gates, and then they're out on their own, and they're sort of taking these, like, parallel paths. And Sean Bean's squad just, they'll just type into Yahoo, like, uh, one keyword, and then they'll be like, okay, we know where to go. Or they'll, like, ask a kid, like, who's, like, trying to decipher it for Benjamin Franklin Gates, like, hey, what do you what do you tell that guy? And then they just, like, are able to do it exactly the same. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool, too. Yeah, but they're the bad guys, so, so you know that. So, so they're bad because they have guns. They're bad because they have guns, yeah. and because they don't, they don't do things the real way. They take the, they take and, the shortcut to the, to the, to the. And prize. they have an array of British and Australian accents. Exactly. You know what this movie Who's did? A bald guy. This movie. You know what this movie reminded <laughs> me of at its best is the. Do you guys ever play the Uncharted games? Yeah, no. I played the first two. They're great. They're so good. They're Some fun. of my favorite video games in the entire world, and I'm like at best. When this movie's working, when I'm having a good time, it's like the Uncharted games. Aren't they making an Uncharted movie? I swear to God, when I was at Dune, they showed a preview for an Uncharted movie. What? Yeah, it's with uh, Tom Holland is playing Nathan Drake and uh, Mark Wahlberg is playing Sully, which is just... Wow, yes, I didn't know about this, directed by Mr. Ruben Fleischer, Mr. Venom himself. I, I remember that because in the trailer, there's a scene where they're like in an air like a military airplane and like the back hatch opens and all these like huge storage blocks are falling out and they're like on the blocks and the guy is literally like leaping from one block to the other while it's like falling to the ground it's like okay this now this looks interesting now that's some uncharted that's that's the uncharted charm is that you're actually shooting just play the video game instead how good is it in action movies when um just the back of a cargo plane opens and shit just starts falling out. I that's always one of my favorite things to see in an action movie. Yeah, it's classic. That, it happens all the time too. Yeah, in real all, life. All the time. In all the time that I happens can't walk, constantly. Yeah. I'm walking down the street and I'm looking up and I'm just seeing a cargo plane open up and I gotta run for shelter. Sometimes you get a nice hundred dollar bill pops out of there. Other times it's an it's an expensive car and that's a lot of mess for for us to clean up, but you just learn to live with it, I suppose. Does that happen in Dark Knight Rises? Something happens with a plane in Dark Knight Rises. Bane is they, in the plane with them. I don't. I don't remember if anything falls out. Uh, yeah, they like 
Bane is like picked up by the CIA. Uh, that's where he says the the classic line. Uh, it would be extremely painful. Uh, you're a big and then in whatever his name's Mayor Carcetti says you're a pretty big guy and then Bane says for you <laughs> and then some of Bane's That's guys cool. come and like surround the airplane and like get it to get like vertical somehow and they just like kind of they like drop the airplane around Bane I think and it's a really cool scene that was shot in IMAX Bane yep. Yep. <laughs> so go go see Dark Knight Rises in theaters. Yeah. Go see Dark Knight Rises. They, sh- they yeah. should do a re-release uh, for that this coming year because yeah, it'll be the ten year seventy millimeter. Seventy millimeter tickets are like seven hundred dollars each. Yeah, just fucking deck the halls, baby. Or you get a you get a screening voucher at any participating Mace Donalds. You get a screening voucher at any participating <laughs> with the per- with the purchase of the of the Blue Line stop or delay at LaSalle meal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which we have confirmed, which I know you said is a sort of like we're putting a pin in that. We're not sure about that. As, what did you, is it president of bathroom operations? Is that my new title? Uh, chairman of bathroom operations. Okay, whatever. As chairman of bathroom operations, that I am deciding that we are going to implement the blue line stop at, or the blue line delay at LaSalle meal uh, at Mace Donald's. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. This movie would probably be awesome if you were a kid and liked homework. <laughs> that's what i yeah i had you're right about that um i because i put in my notes being a know-it-all can save your life and lead to untold riches <laughs> <laughs> cha-ching cha-ching watch out everyone watch out mason's about to fucking crash big he's about to go big on the crypto scene uh, oh yes. Is there anything else worth mentioning about this something we haven't talked about yet because i do got some fast facts uh, harvey can, keitel Oh yeah, Harvey Keitel and John Voight are in this movie. John yeah. Voight is the okay. Dad. So the the John Voight thing also plays into the QAnon because John Voight is an insane QAnon guy now. Yes, and I think I think this like sowed the seeds for him where he <laughs> he like did this movie and he was like, yeah, Benjamin Franklin Gates had some points. Like maybe there is like a huge conspiracy going on here, and now he's like fully into it. He's a huge yeah. Trump guy. Yeah, and I think that's awesome. It's awesome. I, uh, th- yeah, Kaitel just like always looks so blitzed when he's on screen. Like, and he's also another guy that's in. I would wear any of Harvey Kaitel's fits. I think that he is just like I love like the um whenever like a a rugged like FBI agent or whatever is in a movie and he's just like in mismatched like sport coat and tie and like denim shirt or something. Um, but Harvey Kaitel it looks nuts in this and this might be the first time that i had ever seen harvey keitel in a movie and they cannot take that away from me that's cool it also rocks that at the very end they just reveal that he's like super into like the masonic freemasons yeah with the ring it's like what the fuck did you did you get a just a a child boner when they said the masons in this movie when you were a kid (laughs) yeah dude it was so cool (laughs) just just absolutely just like being 11 years old and being like I'm going to go to the bathroom for 30 to 45 <laughs> minutes right now, real quick. That's awesome, dude. Oh, I also wrote, there's a coffin drop in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. There's a what? A coffin drop. Is that coffin a... Coffin drop, when they're taking... <laughs> wait, but okay, fine, there's a coffin drop. Do people say that? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah, wait, the coffin drop in National Treasure. Like from no from uh well they pull a guy out they pull like a, a guy out of the national tomb or whatever when they're about to go into the uh the big scary basement to find the treasure and like 
the skeleton pops out of the bottom of the the uh, the coffin, and I just wrote coffin drop. That's great. Like I didn't. In, that... I think you should leave. Oh yes, Co- well that's coffin flop. Coffin <laughs> flop. Oh oops. Com- Shows you what I Noah's know. Noah's completely unwilling to like even <laughs> even entertain that idea. He's like coffin drop. I what? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> then it's coffin flop. He's like, oh yeah, fuck. Oh yeah, yeah of course. course, coffin flop. What the fuck? Coffin drop is freaking me out right now. It's freaking my shit out. Uh, but John Voight's crazy uh, in real life and also crazy in this movie. Harvey mm-hmm. Keitel would. Would, by the way. Would, absolutely. Oh, Christopher would. Plummer shows up for one scene at the very oh, yeah. beginning to get things started, which and that, is really cool. That kid's a good actor, too. I was like, that kid's pretty good. Yeah. Absolutely. Pretty good. And it's got the turtle top touch. It's got the touch of the turb there. And it's it's got that, it's got the, the Bruckheimer oh, yes. in the tree at the very start. Yes. So sick. That's what's up. So like, sick. Also at the beginning. you see that, you're like, okay, this is going to be some serious shit. I think also at the beginning of one of my favorite movies, Kangaroo Jack. I think that also appears at the beginning yes. of Kangaroo Jack. Dude, you, I, it didn't, like, I bet if I watched, like, any movie that I saw in theaters, like, can remember seeing in theaters or, like, on tape, like, from this particular area, the amount of, like, Jerry Bruckheimer lightning and tree action that was in front of those would be, like, insane to me. That guy was everywhere. Yes. Um, growing up. He was the man. I mean, he's literally... He was the man. I'm not gonna say he's, re- like, responsible for, like, modern day, like, movie distribution and, like, like that kind of stuff, like, how movies act now, because he's not 100%. But he and Don Simpson, if you want to just talk about, like, pure, like, money-making for movies, kind of yeah. revolutionized... Yeah blockbusters you know for better or for worse you know yeah so, shout out don simpson and jerry bruckheimer a lot of money um I, i'm not positive on this because i haven't seen national treasure 2 in a while but i'm pretty sure the opening shot of national treasure 2 does it like fades from that like the production like still to an electrocuted tree like in the movie oh. i don't remember if that's true but i, I feel love like when that happens they either did that or it was like a specialized they like on the title card like they did a different different kind of tree oh. execution I love when that either happens. way i remember i still remember that and i haven't seen that one in a long time because it's not as good it's way more insane too he kidnaps the president at one point yeah. the president the president in that movie is like a swagged out version of george bush and he Benjamin Franklin Gates kidnaps the president, and the president is like super down. He's like, "This, I'm having a good time." Whoa, yeah, that's fucking crazy. Because yeah. it's what? all about the president's book of secrets, which is like, and they tease, they tease returning to the president's book of secrets at the end of two, and that is well, why we have been waiting and on bated breath for National Treasure three for. Close to a decade at this point, I feel. They recently said that they are going to do a third one. They haven't like announced. I don't even think they've start, started filming it or anything. I can't they, wait. What do you think? They've said ben, it's going to happen. What do you think Benjamin Franklin Gates's uh, kid's name is going to be in that? I think it's going to be like Mary Todd Lincoln Gates or something. Like you know, they're going to give him like an epic daughter. Yeah, it will. It'll definitely be an epic daughter. I think it should be just Hillary Rodham Gates. That would be sick. <laughs> there we go. There we go. How, that's how you know. That's how you know the daughter's down to get a little dirty, down to do some yeah. shit that's in, maybe in, a little illegal. In the national treasure world, Hillary did become president. Thank yeah. Fucking god. Hell yeah. Yeah. Should we do fast facts? Let's do a little fast yeah. facts. Ryan, I'm sorry. Is there anything else you wanted to say, or can I do fast facts? I always ask the guest. Right. Just yeah, do the fast facts. Okay, I don't great. know. All right. Cool. 
National Treasure 2004 American Action, American Action Adventure film released by Walt Disney Pictures. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 46%. That is extremely low for a movie that is mostly fun, like, actually. Yeah. And I didn't realize this until, like, earlier this week when I looked at the Wikipedia. It, it fucking killed at the box office. Yes. Absolutely. Both of them did. It's fucked up. It actually, 46%, like, I'm not even crazy about this movie, but 46% is so low for this movie. There's This is not a D-plus movie. You know? Like, I, is that even a D? That's like Oh, failing, that's an F. Right? That's an F. That's, that's an yeah, F? Below I can't get with that. No, I can't get with that either. That's really low. That's too low. Uh, the yeah. site's consensus reads, National Treasure is no treasure, but it's a fun ride for those who can forgive its highly improbable plot. What do you want? What do you want? I, saying, yeah. saying National Treasure is no treasure in your... your in your review is way more annoying than any line of dialogue in this movie. 100%. That's some cringe. Yeah. Sorry. Cringe alert. Mason, that's cringe. That's cr- mm-hmm. get the get the cringe alert alarms going. Wee woo wee woo wee woo. That's cringe. Uh the film has a score of 39 out of 100 on Metacritic based on 35 critics including generally unfavorable reviews. However, audiences by polled by CinemaScore gave the film on average an A minus. So Classic example of an audience loving what the critics yeah. hate and classic, classic, classic. Mason's boy Raj, Raj Eeb, gave the film two out of four stars, calling it, quote, so silly that Monty that the Monty Python version could use the same screenplay line for line. What do you think about that, Mason? I love when Raj just fires off a hitter like that. Like just that's like a pretty like straight down the middle double of like a Roger uh diss or one liner or whatever. Um I don't necessarily disagree. I am just picturing which which Python I want to have play Benjamin Franklin Gates. So come back to me on that one. I think it has to be Eric Idle. Yeah, right? 100%. It has to be. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Even I'm not, I don't even fucking like the guy. Uh, just kidding. I don't have anything against Eric Idle. Just fuck money, Python. Uh, academic David Bordwell has expressed a liking for the film, placing it in the tradition of the 1950s Disney children adventure movies and using it as the basis yeah. for an essay on scene transitions in classical Hollywood cinema. Kind of interesting. Mm. Uh, the film's suggestion that the original Declaration of Independence still has clearly visible ink is inaccurate. The document's ink would dry over time due to the exposure to damaged lighting. With the little ink still, with the little, with little ink still existing by 1876, the Liberty Bell shown in the movie was made from styrofoam. The movie was shot a few days before the Liberty Bell was put in. This is proven by the fact that the protective shades were installed in the observation window when the bell was installed. In the movie, Ian looks exactly where the shades are supposed to be if the real bell was there. To see some special hidden features, special hidden features on the Region 2 DVD, navigate to the logbook in the upper right corner of the main menu and press select to enter. Then enter the code 504, excuse me, 405 and select the master code for a list of all special features available. Some are otherwise only available in several hidden menus that must be found through mini games on each menu. That kind of shit you don't get in the streaming era. The weird, like, funky-ass DVD special feature shit. I love that. Yeah. Like, if you're, like, trying to navigate up on the Simpsons disc special features and you hit up one too many times and there's, like, another secret, like, like uh, deleted scene or animatic or something that you can find, that's the shit. You can also find – they also do that shit on HomestarRunner.com, not for nothing, to bring it back to 
something from earlier. Speaking of, here at HomestarRunner.com. Here at Homestar, here at Mace Donald's, we're implementing HomestarRunner.com again. Um, Please. When Gates is purchasing a replica Declaration of Independence in the gift shop, on the counter next to the register is a stack of books. The book is... The Secret Architecture of Our Nation's Capital by David Ovason, and it's about the Masons and the building of Washington, D.C. Ovason also wrote Secret Symbols of the Dollar Bill, and U.S. currency is used as one of the clues in the film. There's the Q drop. There is the Q drop in the movie. We love that. Last but not least, in 2008, director John Turtletaub said the filmmaking team would begin would take its time on another National Treasure sequel. On October, in October of 2013, Turtletaub confirmed that the studio himself and Bruckheimer and all the actors wanted to do a third film saying, quote, we want to do the movie, Disney wants to do the movie, we're just having the damnedest time writing it. I'll bet that within two years we'll be shooting the movie. I say we're about halfway there. Wah, wah. In May of 2016, Nicholas confirmed the film was still in the writing process, and in July 2018, Turtletaub reiterated that a script for the for possible third film was close, but Disney was not completely sold on the idea. In January of 2020, it was announced that Chris Bremer, the writer of Bad Boys for Life, would write a new script. Oh, right. And in May of 2020, Jerry Bruckheimer had confirmed that not only was there a third film in development with the original cast returning, but also a Disney Plus series in the works, with the series having the same premise as the original, but focusing on a much younger cast. That's what we have to look forward to. I can kind of, I kind of like that. Just, is it... do you get the impression from that that it's like the same the sa- the first movie told over like ten episodes or whatever? Or is it, it kind of like... sounds like it'd be a prequel? Oh, mm. let's see. I'm gonna read it again. Would... It said uh, with a that a Disney Plus series was in the works with the series having the same premise as the original, but focusing on a much younger cast. So yeah, probably more of a prequel situation is what it sounds like. Gotcha. Because I well, would kind I think... of like a. A young Indiana I, Jones situation where every it's super expensive to produce, but they're going on like a different, trying to find a different artifact or relic each sure. episode or something like that. Yeah, could be fine. I think the third one should be directed by the Safdie brothers, and they should just. <laughs> There's an idea. They should just go crazy with it. Um. Well, Mason and Ryan. Well, Mason, I guess specifically, Mason. Mm-hmm. Last week, as you know, mm-hmm. on the show. I did this whole thing explaining the Mercedes Valuable Player. You know, I did that whole bit or whatever. But this week, I just want to take it easy explaining the Mercedes Valuable Player. Is that cool with you? Yeah, take it easy. Okay. I just, wrote a three, I just wrote a three-page script that I want all of us to read <laughs> explaining the Mercedes Valuable Player that I, I need your guys' okay. help with. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, yeah the, okay. the Nicolas Cage monologue music cue starts playing. So here we go. Um, oh my god! So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna. So here we go. We got free professional script writing software by Writer Duet as the title. Right, Writer Duet. Okay. Um, Ryan, can I have you play Ryan? I can. I think I could do a good Ryan. Okay. And Mason, can I have you play Mason? Uh, yeah, I'll do my best. And just for the listeners at home, this is 100. For, I actually did write a script. They are looking at the there is actually we are looking at professional script writing software. I'm also looking at a note from Noah written on 11 2021 that says the fart guru. <laughs> That's crazy! Don't look at that. What the fuck? Don't look at that. Come on now. All right, and I will read Noah and read the action description. Sound good? Okay. All right. We're good. We're good. I'm good. Yeah. 
Interior podcast day. A typical day of recording at its on the list studios. Noah, millennial Gen Z cusp, and Ryan, guest, age unidentified, sit in the Zoom window listening to Mason, alleged older millennial but more realistically the last surviving soldier of the American Civil War, as he ends what seems to be an endless story. And that's basically how I do it. It was hard the first couple of times, but what I got in the hang of it, you can more or less slide the diaper out of your jeans. <laughs> Nobody is the wiser. How many times did you <laughs> How many times did you say you shit your pants that day? Over a hundred? Uh close. Over one hundred and fifty times. That's amazing. I am learning so much. Hey guys, I had a quick thought I wanted to share it. Hey, Noah, go for it. I'm ready to hear your idea. Mason, are you ready? Mason is playing a, playing, is on his phone playing a video at full volume. Mason, come on. We're recording. Sorry, Diaper Master Dan posted a new tutorial about how to dispose of diapers at family gatherings. This Thanksgiving was tough for me. Shut the fuck up. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Noah. What's your idea? Thank you, Ryan. My idea is to explain the Mercedes Valuable Player Award, even though most people know what it is. And if they didn't, they could probably easily figure it out from context clues. Jesus fucking Christ. That's brilliant. Hold on. Ryan and Noah wait a beat. Mason starts profusely sweating and pulsating. The loudest possible fart sound you can imagine. Followed by what sounds like throwing shoes into the toilet. Somehow that is the sound, even though it is, somehow that is the sound, even though it is only hitting his pants. He finishes. Like I said, extremely covert. Nice. Nice. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yep. Nice. Nice. No, sorry, Ryan. Sorry, I didn't need to step on your line. Go for it again. Okay, we're going to get this clean? Yeah, we're going to get this clean. Sorry, I talked over that. Keep going again. Nice. Nice. Yep. I love doing it. Anyways, what's the Mercedes Valuable Player, Noah? I'm glad you asked, Ryan. The Mercedes Valuable Player is the It's On The List spin on the Most Valuable Player Award given in professional sports. It was first given to its namesake, Mercedes Ruel, for her performance as Connie in Jonathan Demme's 1988 film Married to the Mob. It can be awarded to a specific person or thing or a more general or abstract element of either the album or the movie. In rare cases, a co-Mercedes Valuable Player can be awarded as well. I get it perfectly. Thanks. Sorry, guys. One more time. (laughs) Mason's eyes flip into the back of his head. The lights in his room go on and off. He throws himself across the room as if a poltergeist spirit was doing it themselves. The stink permeates from the Zoom window and into Noah and Ryan's homes. Mason takes a knee and regains his composure. He spits on his own floor and then trips on it, but gains his composure and acts like it didn't happen. By the way, I just shit my pants, and you guys didn't... I bet you guys didn't notice. I didn't. I did. Cut to black, the end. Um, I would normally say any notes, but I don't think it needs any notes. No, I, we, nothing, it's, it's perfect. Uh, it's perfect. So <laughs> I, think, I think, as Turtletop would say, it's, it's basically done. <laughs> Ryan... Who, what, or which is your Mercedes valuable player for National Treasure? Um, I think it is the music cue that plays every time Nicolas Cage goes on an insane monologue. Uh, because it, it like straddles the line where it's like 
trying to be really serious, but it's also like making fun of him. And I think that's I think that's a nice little touch. Okay. Nice. Awesome. Mason. I give it to Nicolas Cage. I uh, clearly Nicolas Cage is is. <laughs> you need a guy that can sell like something so silly so well for this movie to really like kind of be the sort of like comfort food classic that it is. Um, so it's got to go to Nicolas Cage. I, I love the man. I love watching his movies, and uh, he really brought Benjamin Franklin Gates to life. Noah, what's your MVP? I love that you're giving Nick some recognition because genuinely, I used to not like him when back when he was really getting memed out back in the late 2000s, early 2010s when he was having a rough go yeah. of it. But as I've aged over these last 10 years and gained some wisdom, I don't have an issue saying he's one of my favorite actors. So Same. Absolutely. I will not be giving my Mercedes Valuable Player award to him, though. I will be giving a co-Mercedes Valuable Player today. First off... I don't think we've ever given a Mercedes Valuable player to this department before, but I think it's about damn time. I'm going to give my first co-Mercedes Valuable player award to the stunts department, and more specifically, the stunt coordinator, George Marshall Rouge. That is my first Mercedes Valuable player. I think it's fair, especially in this movie, because they really do stand out. Oh, yeah. Snap, snap, snap. I'm sure that sounds really good to listeners. Um, and then my second Co-Mercedes Valuable Player Award will be going to, what is his name? William Goldenberg, the editor of this film. Because it does fucking move. Nice. This movie just trucks along. So, And I'm going to give this movie a conditional recommend. If this is a childhood classic from your childhood, give it a revisit. I'm sure it'll be fun. Watch it with your family when you're all together. It's a good family film. Mom's not going to get... Too offended unless she actually is QAnon, then she might really have a hard time with this one. She might really start fucking convulsing in the seat when you when you get to some of the Knights of the Templar Freemason shit. Uh, but if you're 25 years old, about to be 25 years old, trying to live your life, watching this movie for the first time, you might not get that much out of it if it's your first time watching it. That's what I'll say. So, conditional recommend. Mason, what do you do? I'm right with you uh, on this one being a conditional recommend. I agree that this is not like... Uh, if, um, if you've seen it before, definitely, like, I would say chunk out time when you're, like, hungover to watch it, because it will just make you feel nice and good, um, or have some friends over, put it on, you know, um, you're gonna have a good time, there's something to watch there, uh, but don't, I, I would not particularly say, like, run out to, to rewatch this movie unless you have, like, an occasion to do so. It's a lot of fun, though, it's a lot of fun, so it's a very high conditional recommend, um, but that's where I am at with this. Ryan. I'm going to go ahead and give this a full recommend. I'll be the bravest one of the bunch. The bravest man um, in the chat for sure. Yeah. It, it's just fun. You get to watch Nicolas Cage be an insane QAnon guy. And then all of his dreams come true at the end. That is uh, which is really nice. Yeah. It teaches a really good lesson. Um, <laughs> you, can find, you can find this DVD in literally every single Goodwill in the country. True. I Every time yeah. I've gone to a Goodwill and looked in the DVD section, there is at least one copy. Sometimes there's as many as five. <laughs> uh, and I was able to p- procure the original pressing, first-run edition wow. of National Treasure. Wow. Uh, with, with the logbook and all the little secret wow. uh, things for uh, a cool two ninety nine. Jesus. Ooh. So Ooh. Uh, I would just go to any Goodwill in the country and you will be able to find it. 
National Treasure 2, a little harder. I think people are a little more precious with National Treasure 2. They hold sure. on to that one. Yeah. They yeah. don't want to just give that one away for free. So you might have to hop on eBay or... Uh, is there like yeah. a is there like a movie version of Discogs? Not to my knowledge. What like Letterboxd, <laughs> where you can like buy and sell rare rare movies. I guess that's not uh, so much a thing as it is with records. Maybe Blu-ray.com. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think anyway. there's anything that is a good analog to Discogs, unfortunately. Yeah, for movies. not as good as Discogs. I would just say that um, you know, I think people are just are you are going to start seeing more National Treasure 2s pop up in Goodwills once Criterion announces their to their double feature, their uh their their package deal of of both National Treasure movies. And they're going to let us say. make that announcement when it's time actually, the three of us. They, uh, yeah, they're letting me do the they're letting me do the uh the the art for that one. Do you think this is the first time people have spent over an hour talking about National Treasure on a podcast? 100 percent 100 percent yes yeah i think it has to be well even yeah. like disney freaks this isn't like a disney movie in that way no this is not a disney adult film by any means no this is this is for the kids this well is it is kids. in the way that it's a it's an adult film for disney what an adult film for <laughs> yeah, disney i would say Pause. i would say that is <laughs> yeah i would completely agree with that phrasing is the implication at the end of this movie that Diane Kruger gives uh, Nicolas Cage a map to her pussy? Because that's what I got about got out of that. <laughs> We're gonna talk about the album now. <laughs> or, yeah, the album. Uh, Ryan, what album did you bring to the table? We are listening to J. Paul's one and only album, Leak 04-13, Bait Ones, Ooh. the greatest album of all time, in my opinion. Snap, snap, snap. Hey, that is wow. for real. I legitimately think it's the best album I've ever heard. That's true. I, wow. I actually, there is, even if you don't believe the verbal evidence of that, I'm not going to go back and scroll to find the fucking text message, but Ryan did actually say that to me. He said, have you, this is before inviting him to do the show, he sent me the Apple Music link to it and said, have you heard this before? I said, no. And he said, I think this is the best album of all time. And I literally said, I'm going to have to put it on the list. I legitimately said that to him. Said it again. Said the name of the show again on the show. Classic. Um, That's my history with this. Ryan, what's your history with this album? Um. I when I was a freshman in college in 2013, Damn. and my all my friends that I was making, they were like, I was like, yeah, I, I love music. They're like, we love music too. You have to get on Spotify, because at the time, it was a great way. I don't know if it's still like this because I stopped using it a while ago, but it it was a great way to discover new music. The related artists mm-hmm. feature on there was really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it still is, and, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, and so I think. I went from the XX and then Jay Paul was a related artist because they were on the same label. And I, he only had two songs. He had uh, Jasmine demo and then BTSTU demo. Nice. And I was like, this is crazy. I've never heard anything like this. And But I didn't like put, I didn't think too much about it. I was like, oh, this guy just must be like brand new. He only has two songs. And then as I listened to those more, I was like, what's the deal with this guy? And then I, that's when I got sucked in the wormhole where people are like yeah he ha- he like leaked an album and you- and I went to god knows what website to download that cuz I was not proficient at downloading music at that time I was a 
YouTube to MP3 guy. Hell yeah, there bro. There we go. That was how I downloaded my music still in college at that point. And then I finally figured it out and I like torrented it or some shit on the campus Wi-Fi. Allegedly. Swag. No, I'll admit to that. I think okay. the All I right. think the statute of limitations have passed on that. Yeah, we're coming up on almost nine. If I get a letter in the mail, I'm gonna be I'm gonna go insane. <laughs> I know they're listening to this. Um, we uh, we have then, a cool so NSA that. guy, by the way. We have a cool NSA guy who listens to this show. So yeah, you know. Brad. Yeah, shout out Brad. That's cool. That's nice. That's um, nice. And then when it so there's like all this lore behind the album, but then. Uh, I just like listened to it. I was like, this is really good. And then it was just something that kept sticking with me. And then uh, eventually when he like officially released this in 2019, I was like, I was like listening to it all the time. And I was, and I listened to like the two new singles he put out. I was like, this is just the best. This is the best album I've heard. So that's my history with it. Mason, what about you? I had heard of uh, Jaipal as a, um, like the kind of saga around this whole thing. Um, I was familiar with him through that and I had heard Jasmine demo. Um, can't remember when definitely in LA, definitely I popped up on a discover weekly playlist and I really liked that, but I didn't, um, at that time, didn't get any deeper with it. I liked his other single that came out. That was, I think maybe in 2019, that was, it was he when he, 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 you know what I'm talking about? I like that one. I like that one quite a bit too. Um, but I, if Jai, before hearing this, uh, um, this album all the way through for the first time, it was really just, um, his sort of like, what was in my mind about Jai Paul was this like kind of, this like kind of, um, lost or missing genius of this era, more or less. Um, and that's kind of where I want to, want to leave that. Uh, but Noah, yeah. we got, we got recent history with this, but is there anything before um, Ryan texted you the Apple Music link to this particular project here? No, I had never heard of Jai Paul before. I I didn't. I still don't even really like keep up with music news like in like that way. Like I don't read Pitchfork, I don't read NME, I don't read Consequence of Sound or any of that kind of shit. It's just like, oh, my friend told me about this. I should listen to it. I do this fucking podcast and, you know, or, you know, it's just out in the zeitgeist and I want to, you know, explore it further or whatever. Or I'm reading something and it's like, oh, actually this person was influenced by the Melvins or something like that. I'm like, oh, I should give the Melvins a listen to. I've never heard them before. And that's really, I'm not reading Pitchfork and I'm not reading these music, you know, review websites and not really doing any of that shit. So I'd never heard of Jai Paul, didn't know sort of the, history and the lore about this album but i did recently within the last year get into well actually more like maybe the last two years all encompassing two artists who i think are good not full comparison points but like good enough comparison points and that is jay dilla Mm -hmm. and uh fuck what's the and james blake those two folks i think Mm -hmm. are good like somewhat painting a picture and then also mason i'll i'll throw J- jai paul a bone here and i'll throw you a bone here a little bit i hear some prints in there as well mm-hmm. absolutely I'm glad, I'm glad you think that because i thought that too i think those three guys you sort of mix that guy you mix all that shit up you pour you pour some soup into some bowls for your friends and you say give it a try and you get leak 413 bait ones ryan what do you think about that what do you think about my statement just there I think that's I think that's a good way to 
describe it. I think there's also like a Frank Ocean parallel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the I don't know how how you want to get into the lore of it, but you it is like sort away. of the most fascinating thing about it. Okay, so he burst onto the scene in like 2010. Like he had put up BTS to you demo on his MySpace page, and bloggers became obsessed with it. And then he signed with XL Records, which is like a big indie label, and he released Jasmine demo. And at that point, both Drake and Beyonce sampled BTS to you on oh, songs of theirs. Shit. Mm. Okay. I didn't realize yeah. that. So he, he, and like, this was like 2011, 2012, 2013, when like everyone was like looking for the next big thing. Like there was all this hype behind like these mysterious artists that are just being found on, on the internet. And so his like debut project was like super hotly anticipated and then in April of 2013, just in the middle of the night, this 15-track uh, album was released on Bandcamp under his name with, like, this crazy album cover. And none of the tracks were named. It was just track one, track two, track three. And uh, Jasmine was, like, the eighth song, and then BTS to You was the last song. And then the rest had never been heard before. And then in the morning, all the all, like, Pitchfork and all them were, like, Jay Paul just like leaked his album on Bandcamp. Like this is his debut album. It's like doesn't sound like quite finished, but like seems like there was some dispute with his record label or whatever. Both Jay Paul and the label like made a just a quick statement. They're like, this is not the debut album. This was like stolen. And then he was silent for years. Just right. Ne- no one even saw him. Like it was like a big deal on like the music subreddits if someone like if there was a new picture of jay paul oh my and then God. yeah and then in 2016 he and his brother started the paul institute like their own little label and eight his brother ak paul put out a song called land cruising that jay paul like helped work with so it was like technically the first thing he had released since the leak and then they like signed a couple artists. There's like this guy like named Ruthven. There's this woman named Fabiana something, and then there's a couple other artists who, all of their sound is just exactly like the J Paul instrumental sound, and it's it's pretty good, but it's like not quite as good. But he like never gives gives an interview or anything. Like it's just like he does like additional production on these songs, and that's it. None of those artists have released an album either. I frankly don't understand how that is like a sustainable sure. business model but mm-hmm. uh and then june 2019 like june 2nd of 2019 he just he had tweeted once before and it was just to say this is not my debut album it was stolen like this is this is not my album and then he just tweets hello i'm back and then he like posts a link to like the new singles and then like the reimagined version of that leaked album which is basically the exact same thing there's a couple like there's a couple samples from like harry potter that he wasn't able to clear and then like the the tracks the track names had been like named by fans and he kept most of those track names oh whoa Hmm. and he uh kept the original track listing that the guy who leaked it did and he's just like yeah this is my first album and then he hasn't done anything since (laughs) <laughs> no press he didn't like talk to a single journalist during that he just wrote like this long essay on his website when he like released the album about like um 
how it was like stolen from him. Like he, he he just like had a CD or a laptop stolen from him. The person uploaded it to Bandcamp. He like called the police and they're like, "What are we gonna do about this?" And then he was just like traumatized by this and like just sort of went into hiding for. I mean, he's still in hiding, I guess. Um, so it's just like it's such a fascinating case of like the new internet and like how music is treated like through the internet where like there's this huge mystique around this guy because we just he's like never talked to a journalist or anything and it's like literally just this guy who's really good at music who had his debut album like they're like most of those songs are not finished and like the leak the leak bait ones version that he released in 2019 they all either say like demo or unfinished on them um and it's just like this weird like this crazy like what if what if that never gets leaked like what does his first album sound like what does how big like i i honestly think if like he releases a a proper debut album in 2013 it becomes a huge hit and he is like a star immediately like potentially like a frank ocean level star if he like makes another album and it's just so weird to see like this career just sort of evaporate into like the weirdest corners of the internet are like the only way you can hear this album evaporate even before it gets started like yeah yeah. that's even the most that's the more tragic aspect of it is not even just evaporated just like the man didn't even have a proper coming out party more or less you know it was just like taken from him by a literal thief like that's fucked up yeah yeah and it was it was messed up too because the prevailing theory among like the the music journalism community was that he leaked it. And so the the story for from like 2013 until like June of 2019 was basically like he had some weird dispute with XL and just released this like leaked his own album which doesn't really make sense cuz like he is like a perfectionist. Like you listen to those two singles he put out in 2019, Do You Love Her Now and He and they're so polished, like, yeah. and, like, the vocals are so, like, pure, and, like, on the, on the leak bait ones, especially the original leak, like, on the original leak, some of the vocals are, like, super, super demo, like, sounds like it was recorded on a bad microphone and shit, and it's just, it was so weird that, like, this guy who just seems like a complete perfectionist would, like, leak his album in an unfinished way. But that was this. That's like I think still a lot of people kind of think that, which is weird. It's so sad that that is the impression that some people have, because if you do one modicum of or have one modicum of like knowledge about the man, he just so obviously is like private as fuck and like reclusive Mm -hmm. and just like wants his music heard, but not. He, like, he doesn't seem like a guy who's concerned about fame, like, at all. Like, he just no. seems like a guy He doesn't even who... want to participate in the machine of it at all. He just want He literally, like, his perfect thing would just be put out music and that's it. Doesn't have to talk to anyone. Has he's he ever He's literally toured? never played... No, he's never played a single concert. Wow. Not one. Like, never... He's, like, never showed up at a concert. Like, I, I don't know. Like, who knows? Like, if he had released, like, a proper debut, I'm sure he would have done some kind of show. Um, but maybe not. I mean, like, Burials, like, never played a live show. Um, so maybe he just would have gone that route. I don't know. But that's the, like, that's the thing. It's just, like, we have no idea what that career looks like. What do you think, Mason? 
uh, I just think that this music is so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> aside from the lore, absolutely, it, which is, and even in the state that it's in, like how, so like, even though most things are unfinished or or like demo versions, it's like what is the version that's in his head that he's trying to get to? You know? Yeah. Like, that's where I'm at mostly with I was this. confused just... when it said unfinished in demo. I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, it sounds done to me, and I'm not a music, yeah. like, I don't know jack yeah. shit about jack shit, but I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, it sounds so fucking good. What else can you do to these songs? There, There's a few, like, here and there that I'm not as crazy about as some of the others, but, like, the vast majority of them are beautiful. Like, just stunning yeah. songs. Like, unbelievable, you know? It's crazy. Like, Straight out of Mumbai is, like, a song of the decade. Like, everyone yeah. should have heard that song. Like, and it's crazy, too, because, like, he literally had two songs up on MySpace, and Drake and Beyonce sampled his songs. Yes! Yeah, that like, is crazy. That's insane. Like, imagine, like, if he had put out a whole album, and then, like, he, pro- he in 2012, he, like, did additional production on a Big Boy song. But and like that's he had two songs out at that point. Like, like it's it's that's crazy to think about like what he could have done like through from 2013 to now if he had like just had a normal artist career. Like, yeah, who, who knows? Ryan, what yeah. are what are your what are your bangerangs on this on this release though? What are you what are your go tos? Uh, Straight out of Mumbai, Jasmine, uh, BTS to you, Hundred Thousand, Desert River. Uh, it's weird because I also like I I've, I've listened to this album in like the leaked form and then this form so many times that I like almost I don't know all the track listings because for a while in my phone it was just track one track two track oh, three, track shit. four yeah. and then it was like a a a track listing of like fan made names and then it was a different fan made names like damn dude so it's always been evolving but like literally everything on this is like unbelievable like just like the like the way he does the synths is like you just haven't heard that in anywhere else and like especially yeah. the way like like just these sound artifacts come like a meteor through like on Jasmine with like that like it's crazy like you just don't hear that from anyone else it's an amazing i think it's amazing how that like part of your brain can work like how it can be like i can yeah. hear the panning of that sound you know like mm-hmm. before it happens or i can hear the 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 dynamics of crush you know or something like just yeah off the off the rip you know it's it's amazing and and it feel like it's it's crazy to me that these are unfinished you know what i mean like they sound yeah. ready to go like i if you had just played that song for me i would have been like oh cool so that's like on dance radio like right now yeah and i just would never yeah. would have known that it was an unfinished track or a demo version but I gotta be honest, I don't really know how to talk about this album outside of A, like the the lore and the backstory, and B, just like, you know, sometimes we get stuff on this show where it's just like, you just gotta watch it or you just gotta listen to it. And I feel like this is mm-hmm. one of those things where it's just like, you just gotta throw this guy on. It's 33, 35, 37 minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Just throw on some fucking your best pair of headphones and just vibe. Just vibe with this shit. It's so good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah. Noah, do you have some favorite tracks on this here this year project? I do, and it might be the Jack Freiberger uh what do we call it? The Jack Freiberger what? Test? Test sniff? The, I don't know. The Freiberger sniff we'll call it the Freiberger sniff. Cause 
I do have two of the, of the favorite tracks I have in common with Ryan here, but all the stuff mm. in the middle is different. Straight out of Mumbai, Genevieve. Genevieve, when I've heard Genevieve come oh, through the Genevieve, head, I, Genevieve. I forgot to say Genevieve. Like, that's another thing, too, is the original version doesn't have that, like, last 30 seconds where... Oh, it just sort of fades the, out. Where it, like, fades out and then it comes back, like, with this vengeance. It's also interesting because the version of He on YouTube also has a similar thing where it, like, goes quiet and then it comes back, like, really strong. And that's, like, so interesting to me that... I wonder if, like, on the vinyl version it's like that for He... But on this, on the regular streaming version of that single, it just ends. It doesn't have that last like sort of thirty seconds. But yeah, the end of Genevieve, that was the thing too. Because like when I listened to it for the first time, uh, like the new the leak ver- like bait ones version, it basically the whole album is the same except for that like Genevieve ends and then it comes back. And I was literally like, like <laughs> doing the ultimate sway face. I was like freaking out. I love that. Love love how yeah. different generations of different of different children of different eras sway face over different things. For people who are about seven to twelve years older than us, they're sway facing over George Clooney's drinking whiskey with Quentin Tarantino, and I could watch a twenty minute video about it. Whereas we're sway facing over like the Jai leak is a little different on the vinyl than it is than it is on the streaming one. Um, but when I was listening, I also listened to this for the first time when I was playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two Remaster. Shout out to. Tony Swag. Hawk 1 and 2 remaster. Swag. Swaggy. Through, through these headphones that I'm wearing right now. Um, Good. Oh, the, I love these headphones so much. This is one of the best. These were a gift last holiday season, and they're just so fucking good. Uh, Audio-Technica, whatever. Doesn't, you're not going to buy them. <laughs> so I'm not going to say them. But uh, when Genevieve comes on, that's when I knew the album was special. I was a little, like, up and, like, I like Shred in Mumbai, but I was a little bit, like, I don't know about some of the first tracks. But when Genevieve came mm-hmm. on, that's when I knew I was in love with this guy, with this with this album. This was, it just kicked it into high gear. And then basically from there until the end is just, like, banger after banger after banger. But we got Shred in Mumbai, Genevieve, Crush. Crush mm-hmm. might Crush even awesome. be my favorite, honestly, song on the album at this time. Uh, Jasmine, Baby Beat. Even though it's like thirty-five seconds, just the Casey and Joy, baby, 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 from someone like yeah. you or whatever is a great sample. All night, and then BTS to you. Uh, those are my favorite tracks on the album. But this is truly the Fryburger sniff. Like you can throw this on, take a big whiff, and your favorite tracks will be different than Ryan and I's. Mason, what about you? What are your faves? The ones that I highlighted in my notes were Straight Out of Mumbai. I think we can all agree on that. Gen- I'm kind of actually in between the two of you guys here because I have Straight Out of Mumbai, Genevieve, Crush, Unfinished, Jasmine, of course, Desert River, All Night, and BTSU as my favorites um, just on first listen. I also really liked Raw Beat um, uh, mm-hmm. when I listened to it the second time just because I think that that sample is so... How he plays with that sample is so funny. That's another one that kind of, like, fades in and then comes back before before ending. This so, album is yeah. great. <laughs> I don't this know. album is great. I don't know what else to say about it, boys, to be totally honest with you. It's a great fucking album. It's truly... You just have to hear it to fully get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think another interesting thing about this that i didn't realize for the longest time but basically every song on here is like a heartbroken love song which yeah like 
if you make every song on your album like that, it like I can't think of another album like that where I'm like having a good time the whole time. But like it just works so well on this. Like it it's so crazy that like that's basically the only song he's doing the whole time and it all just works unbelievably. I yeah, and I think that I I think you're you're right on 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 that. I didn't quite catch that uh when I was listening to it, but I think that's a good point. And it it's how he's able to sort of like that's just you make a great point. What I'm trying to get to is you make a great point there that he has such a different like kind of approach, I guess, to exploring this topic. Like it, people can write like album long, like where every song is about some kind of heartbreak and they all like kind of sound samey or you don't really get like the full depth of their experience. But like, this really does feel like Jai Paul went through some color of heartbreak and he really just needed to exercise what he was feeling by making these, these beats. Maybe that's why he's so like protective about it. You know, like it's just, it's such a raw sort of, uh, a raw, a raw feeling, um, for him. Um, I don't know, but that's a, that's a great point, Ryan. Yes, Ryan, you nailed it. My friend, uh, anything else worth mentioning? I only have three fast facts cause Ryan more or less covered, the whole lore of the entire thing, but is there anything else worth mentioning that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I don't know. I don't know either. No. I think we're. I think we've. I think we've sung this album's praises quite a bit. Okay, here comes the fast facts. <laughs> okay, here we go. Jai Paul, English songwriter, record producer, and recording artist from Rainers Lane. You're from there, right, Mason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, in Greater London, England. His early demo, BTSTU, posted on MySpace, led to a discovery with a recording contract from XL Recordings. Together with its follow-up, Jasmine, these songs have been influential on underground as well as mainstream pop music in the 2010s. You guys know about the whole leak thing. Ryan covered that in spades. Despite reporting the leak to the police and the police later finding those responsible and having their PayPal accounts frozen, Paul said he found it, quote, very difficult to deal with, that sections of the public and media had uh, thought he had leaked the music himself, constantly being asked about it as the primary reason for him feeling as a loss of trust and why he withdrew from life in general for several years. Music media has speculated about Paul's background, motivation, and intent as he has remained out of the public eye, and his professional music career has not followed convention thus far. English publication Clash noted Paul's distinctiveness early on in 2011, saying hype is a fascinating commodity, whether some quickly melt down from the attention for liquid purposes. Promising talent Jai Paul removed all of his music from MySpace and went to get his shit together. XL Recordings founder and owner Richard Russell accepts Paul's idiosyncratic style, saying, quote, Jai is a wizard. The way he's going about things is, I think, for many baffling. He's going about them in the most Jai Paul way you could possibly go about them, and who knows where that may lead. Guardian writer Michael Cragg, great name, having met Paul in 2011, observes that Paul's enigma, quote, genuinely seems uncontrived. Jai just doesn't seem to into the idea of rushing or teasing new material if he isn't ready. In a separate piece for ID, Craig goes on to say, there was something incredibly charming about his confusion as to why anyone would want to talk to him. Weirdly, he was under the impression that he could just release music for people to enjoy, and that would be that. Ryan, I'm not going to make you guys read another script for to re-explain Mercedes Valuable Player, so don't worry about that. But Ryan, who, what, or which is your Mercedes Valuable Player, and do you recommend... Leak 413 bait ones. I'm giving this a full recommendo, obviously. Uh, it is my favorite album ever. I think I'm going to do two MVPs 
uh, I think the that like thirty second edition to Genevieve is just like so awesome. Like, it's it it was just like one of the most thrilling experience like first listen experiences I've ever had. Um, and then I really like that he like kept the original track list and like ending with BTS to you because he says this line over and over again in that song where he's like, I know I've been gone for a long time and I'm back and I want what's mine. And he's just like so pissed off in that song. And I think it's like such a like full circle where that was the first song he ever released. And then he like yeah, nice. ends nice. Mm-hmm. this like 10 year arc with that song, which I just think that's like so cool. Great pick. Great, great pick. Mason. That's so sick. I'm going to give my uh, Mercedes Valuable Player to his voice, to Jai Paul's voice. Um, I think he has this sort of like like this crooner element, like I said, but he, there's like a, a sense of menace, some anger, some loneliness. Um, just a real character to that like kind of uh, sort of persona or, or type that – you don't really you don't really find too much and really makes this um makes it characteristic on these first couple of of listens here full recommend for me really really can't and you know what uh this is gonna get the special catfish award too i really think that this is something special that folks should go seek out and listen to it's it's really quite spectacular i think noah i just noticed this Hey man, finger. Um, I just noticed this. This was not deviously planned in the shadows, you know, in the Q and on, you know, room when we were planning this mm. podcast. The but Freemasons, the, the 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 podcast Freemasons, were not planning this thing here. <laughs> that we were not planning this thing. This is just natural. Leaving uh, secret messages in the in in past. Shut up! Episodes. Please shut up! Please stop talking. Um, <laughs> Ryan has this like storied history. With this, he's seen all the evolutions of it. Mason had a little bit of history with the album and some of the singles themselves, and I was coming into it completely fresh. So we're all sort of coming Mm -hmm. in at different points, and we're all saying the same shit. Listen to this album. Listen to this thing as much as you can. Full recommend from your friend, Noe, on the mic, from the funny-talking baby himself, from Dr. Jill Biden herself, baby. If Mason Sleepy Joe, I got I got an email from Jill Biden this morning saying thank you, Noah. <laughs> thank you, Noah, so much. And I almost wanted to tag Joe on Twitter and be like, "You better watch out. <laughs> you better watch out, Joe. You better you better either start doing way more farting or start doing way less farting because I'm coming for he, you." He Joe Biden wakes up first thing he does roll rolls over unplugs his phone he's he's scrolling he sees a new notification from Noah M and he's he's like what is this <laughs> he just goes on a tirade ruins his day. you know he just made every yeah. every single person in the White House just the worst day of their month for sure he was like every one of you is taking turns wiping me this morning all of you are all of you are taking a spin at that but I'm driving the big car today let me. Jack, I can't do Joe Biden. That's such a hard voice to do. Jack, <laughs> fucking come here. <laughs> Classic Joe Biden quote. Fucking come here. Come here. Um, I just got to give it to Jai Paul. Just overall, it's hard not to give it to some aspect of that, but it's just him as a guy. This is this album is like you really feel like you're meeting him and interacting with him, you know, his his essence and his soul. If I can say that. So I'm going to give my Mercedes Valuable mm. Player Award to Jai Paul just as a whole. That's it. That's the show. Ryan Maloney, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for being here. 
this is the reason you came on the show to do your plugs. Plug away. Uh, yeah, so thanks for having me on. It's great to come on during this period of the show. Uh, I was really excited when you guys both debuted your horrible Twitter bits this week where uh, Mason was doing the Mace Donalds and then like the corporate CEO and Noah was doing the NFT ninja. Like, this is, this is a, I'm meeting these guys in a really good headspace and it's nice yeah. to like, be, be a guest like right at the end of the show. It's like season 37 Simpsons. Like I got, I finally got on, on the it. list. He did it. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, let's yeah, let's just be clear about something though. Mason is at least at this recording is still going with the bit. We'll see where we're at when this episode comes out. I right. did my bit for maybe two hours, maybe yeah. two hours, and then I said I gotta get out of here because actual NFT guys were liking my shit. The NF the NFT guys are crazy because I I remember I literally replied to one of them. I replied to one of the, there was one that where they were doing like a baseball thing and the the characters were just like extremely racist looking. And I was like, I was like, I literally responded to like one of them. And I was like, just dude, LMAO. And he like liked me, liked the post and followed me. And I was like, you, they have no discernment over anything. They can't (laughs) tell when they're being dunked on. They can't tell when it's genuine. Do they care? Not really. Do they know it's a scam? Who knows? Like it's, it's impossible to know what's going on with NFT bros, but for about two hours, the day I got my flu shot, I was a part of the NFT community. I was a big part. I was a big part of the NFT community, brother. But Ryan, go ahead and plug away whatever you want to plug. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Moliniski on most stuff. I changed my Twitter handle to at Baseball World. Uh, that was that was a thrill for me. Um, I would say also follow Corel B on Twitter. <laughs> oh, Jesus, he's amazing. Follow Great Kelly. Yes, he is truly an elite poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's a problematic fave for some, not for me. I'm a full recommend on Great <laughs> Kelly. Um, <laughs> who else? Who else should people follow? Uh, Mikey Miles. I'm drawing a blank. M- no, Mikey Miles is a, is a little too much even for me. I just I get like the second hand. Sure, same. I just get all the second. Uh, shit too. I just see like the the best of compilation from him. Uh, follow Chris Lovell. He's always changing his at, but he he's a guy who pretends to be a nurse. Um, and what? he's always like saying, dude, this guy is crazy. Uh, and he's always changing his at. Right now it's at Goat Medical. Uh, he's <laughs> he's gone through a lot of ads in his day. He was like, Thank you, healthcare for a while. Like he he just like pretends to be a nurse. But he's not a and blue he pretends check. to live in no, he's not a blue check, but he has like 80,000 followers and he's always posting about like, uh, if, if your girl need $15 for nails, give her 1500 And he, uh, he, he, his mom like lives in this like McMansion. So he just takes pictures in there all the time, pretending like it's his house. That's amazing. Uh, he's truly fascinating. Uh, but that's like a definite look, don't touch situation. Cause yeah. he will block you if you make fun of him. Nice. Um, so you gotta you gotta keep your distance. Mind of on Jason, maybe. Mind of Jason is another of one. Of course, you gotta follow that guy. He is amazing. His meals are looking so nice. Yeah, those are. Um, I can't. I I'm so glad. Did he post a plate on Good Old Turkey Day or no? I I don't know. I wasn't looking. I should I should scroll back through the through the archives because he posts <laughs> yeah. food that is truly baffling. Yeah, like reprehensible. He'll post a picture of his food and it takes. 
a solid five minutes to figure out like what each element is. It's like that photo where you can't recognize anything in the photo. Yeah. You know that classic he, meme? He has literally posted pictures on multiple occasions of just cracked eggshells on his plate. God like damn he, it. Like, it is crazy. And he sprinkles a little weed on it every time. It's like, he's... We just have some really beautiful diamond mines in this country. Yeah, this is a beauty and it's fun to it's fun to get a little glimpse into their into their world. And then to be able to um, eject yourself at a moment's notice. And yeah. to plug oh, them on a I, podcast. Oh, I just remembered I I actually have like a real plug. Okay. It's uh, give money to Merry Go Round's Patreon. There we go. Yes. Uh, I haven't I haven't written anything there for five months because I. Uh, I got bored of doing homework, but I'm going to start doing homework again. I'm going to start writing for them again. So Let's go. give me and and all of us here at Merry-Go-Round Magazine some money because uh, we need it to keep the, the website up because you have to pay for, to have a website, which is... You I feel do. like we should have figured that out by now. Shouldn't that just be free? Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I will say as a patron to Merry-Go-Round Magazine, you get a cool sticker. There's lots of stickers. There's lots of stickers involved. You could get a tote bag. The tote bag is actually nice. Hey. Um, yeah, there's all, all sorts of nice little treaties. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You can send this podcast an email. Everybody wants to. The number two, get on the list at gmail.com. If it's good, we'll read it on the show. If not, forget about it. Ryan's emails have been read on the show at least once, I think. I Twice. I was... So I... <laughs> After I after you guys read the first one I wrote on the show, I was like, "Oh, they'll just read whatever I send." So I sent the stinky poo train idea, and I was and Mason like responded immediately and was like, just gave me an answer, and I was like, "Oh, they're not reading that on the show." And then you guys actually did talk about it for like 10, 15 minutes, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is nice." They're just saying stinky poo train over and over again. We make yeah. fucking so, dreams come true on this show. Yeah, my send, we them, do. send them an email. Send them really fucked up stuff. Let's see what their line is. <laughs> Let's see what the limit for for emails is. And if it doesn't read on the show, you will know you've crossed the line. <laughs> but you can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at it's on underscore the list on Instagram at it's on the list pod on Twitter. You can follow me there as well. Letterboxed, whatever you guys know. My favorite podcast on hiatus right now. Check out the back catalog. Ryan and I did an episode, episode 47. Talked about his favorite baseball team, the Oakland A's, and baseball in general. Something tragic happens on that episode where my Zoom literally crashes on me, which is one of like one or two times it's happened. The other time being when we recorded with Marin and Austin. It's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. I hate when that shit happens. But check out the back catalog of my favorite podcast while we're on hiatus. And I think that's mainly it. And now, <laughs> I'm tossing it over to Mason to end the show. Mason, bring us home. Folks, you you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at HotDogDebicki. You can find me on Letterboxd under my name. You can find me overseeing all, fran- all Mace Donald's franchises like I am the God Emperor of Mace Donald's because that is what I am. You can listen to my other podcast, the Barney Podcast about the Shield. You can buy a t-shirt or a sweater or a sticker from my store that is the teespring store that is in the link in my description on twitter and instagram or you can find me trying to stay 
warm in the city of Chicago, trying to get out to the theaters as much as I can before the year ends, seeing all manner of fun things, going to see Licorice Pizza the day after this episode drops. Finally, I cannot wait. Ryan Damn. is going to have to wait a little while for that. I'm so I have sorry. To wait until fucking Christmas. Fuck I'm you. So sorry. Fuck but you. the plus side is they're showing it in 70 millimeter at Hollywood. Theater, which is yeah, the best theater in Portland, so that's going to be amazing. 70 millimeter for me too, baby. I cannot wait. But folks, I think that about does it for me. And as we like to say to end out the show here, tell someone you love them this week. Do something that you love this week, and we will see you all next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Snap, snap, snap. I'm sure that sounds really good to listeners. I'm sure that sounds really good to listeners. Um, um, I'm sure that sounds really good to listeners. Um, uh-